0: Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. For the next three months, our children and family ministry will be online only. We are creating video content that includes challenges for kids as well as activities for families to do together. We encourage you to watch those videos and participate with us each week. Our 9 a.m. worship service will continue to be both in person and online so that you can join us in whichever way you feel most comfortable. And now, here is today's message. Today, we're, I'm talking about reconciliation, and um, I've been talking about the topic of identity and our identities in Christ. And we've been looking at the book of Ephesians uh, as the the book that Paul really everything is going through Ephesians, and it addresses our identity in Christ. And I'm not going to go into all—I could recap everything, but I'm not going to do that. For sake of time, you can go back, and you can listen and see what I talk about as far as identity. But knowing who you are is a big deal. because <laughs> There's something about how God wants us to understand who we are, and it helps us uh, to understand the things that then we're, we should do and participate in. And reconciliation is one that—I don't know that we think a lot about the word reconciliation, but in our culture— it's something that we should be talking about a lot—the topic of reconciliation. Let me give you a picture. I'm going to have Z and Zach come on up with me right now. Go ahead and put your mask on, uh, you know, because it's just important for you to have your mask on. Want to? And come over here, Z. Come over on this side, and Zach, maybe come over over here and um, go go maybe a little bit further, a little bit further there. Go a little bit further there, okay? And I don't know if you can see this online or not or or whatever, but what here's the idea of uh, your identity of reconciliation, and it's real simple. And hopefully, it helps us when you're thinking about this topic and your identity. Z represents God today, okay? Z you represent God, and Zach, you represent fallen humanity, okay? Figures, you know, right? I just give you that that tag, and um, and so, and I represent Jesus. And what jesus what Jesus does is he brings together that this this broken humanity with God, and they come together and I give, give me just your arms guys, I guess give me your arms brings together and literally. The two come together, put your arm around each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and literally, this is what reconciliation does, is it restores relationship with broken, sinful humanity, with a holy, amazing, limitless God. And this is why Jesus was necessary, because without Jesus, this could not and would not occur. Without Jesus. And so, and so now, when this happens, there are implications. And how we got to this place, there's implications. But this is, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, this is your identity. Regardless of how you feel. And regardless of the days in which you're going, man, I'm struggling, I'm worried, I'm stressed, I got anxiety, you name it, I got whatever, that literally our Heavenly Father goes, but you're reconciled through Christ Jesus, and you no longer have to be, separate guys, separate, go ahead and separate, go to your perspective places, right there, right there is good, you no longer have to be this way anymore you're you don't have to do this but often the reason is is we don't understand our identity therefore we live like this is the way we live but this is not what god is saying how we live and the way we should live because he knows that through his son everything the two connected was restored you got it thank you guys reconciliation with that. So real simple illustration, but it should help you understand that when you get up in the morning and no matter what you what sin you have done, no matter you know how bad things have gone, no matter what things you've said, no matter uh, maybe what you did in your in your home, that doesn't mean you shouldn't take care and ask for forgiveness and pardon and you shouldn't seek uh you know to repent if you've done things that are wrong, but understand that it's not there's no longer a separation. You are reconciled. Reconcile. So with that, I want to read an incredible portion of scripture to you, and I pray that you get this. If you get this, this is life changing. Ephesians chapter two and verse eleven. Start there. Go ahead and and uh let's go through this together. Ephesians, oh, we may not have connection. No signal. All right, no problem. Here we go. Ephesians chapter two and verse eleven. Paul writing specifically to the Gentiles here, which who are we? Gentiles okay he said don't forget you Gentiles used to be outsiders you were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts in those days you were living apart from Christ you were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But then came new hope. Nice, right? But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far away from God, but now you have been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and gentiles into one people when in his own body on the cross he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us what is that he broke down the what the wall of hostility okay hostile people that that fought and battled against each other he did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations Thank you. No more rules, no more regulations, right? He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from the two groups, okay? Historically, Jews, Gentiles, and now you have a third race called Christian. The two united, and no longer is a Jew and Gentile, but it's christian in christ jesus he brought the good news of peace to you gentiles who are far away and peace to the jews who are near now all of us can come to the father through the same holy spirit because of what christ has done for us so now you gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners you are citizens along with all of god's holy people you are members of god's family Together we are his what his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. He is, the, he is the key to the foundation, Christ himself. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple to the Lord. Through him you Gentiles are also being made a part of this dwelling where God lives by his Holy Spirit by his spirit. So now we're talking I mean that's this is powerful powerful scripture this is central to uh, uh the gospel of what it has been done f- for us and and through Christ to us. Now growing up I I uh didn't see too much separation. I grew up predominantly, you know, in in the north and the midwest and um we didn't have We didn't have, uh, Zeb. we didn't have black culture in our community. It was predominantly, predominantly white. And so I, I didn't know what, you know, separation or segregation or things like that were until I started traveling, really, until I went into student ministries and I started traveling the world. And I've gone to places such as South Africa, where apartheid was big and there was so much wrong done in that part of the world and you would think that in the 21st century that the racism that exists existed would be gone right we we've, we've evolved enough not so i watched as the the races were separate and there was hostility and infighting between the two been in bolivia where i watched as the quechua indians and the aymara indians and all of that would would separate themselves and there was often infighting and even mass killing over their race over over saying we're the right you're the wrong and and you guys probably have studied some even historical genocides that have occurred tragically because one race thought they were better than the other Uh, probably one of the most segregated separated places on the face of the earth is the place that we would call uh, the holy city of Jerusalem right has anybody been to, to Israel Anybody been to, okay, some of you have been, some of you have been to Israel? And you go there and you see walls of separation. And the walls of separation are between, are between who? They're children of Abraham through Hagar, children of Abraham through Sarah, and they build walls so that, what, to keep out suicide bombers and terrorists and all of that, so that, so that they can live and, and, and function. This tragically that exists on our watch they think about in our culture today and in our society what what issues are occurring that divide us race wise Was it Brianna Brianna Taylor big one um, George Floyd I mean these are this is this is going on and and we're hearing it, and it's sad, and there's riots, and there's people, there's there's blacks that are hating whites and whites that are hating blacks. And if and if you don't think that it exists and it occurs, I mean just you you then you've buried your head. It's very real. And I mean, and then you know, you hear it on the news and so forth, and people are getting sick of it and they think, wow, well, this this is the way it should be, and this is the way it should be, and all that. It's it's intense. And so a wall separated people in the days of Jesus and in Paul, and as well as in the stuff that's the, the racism that's going on, and it, honestly, it was probably even a lot worse in Jesus' day in the, the, the particular area that they are living in. But it is still bad, and it is still of the devil. What is happening? And so, I, I talked about in our identity that we have this identity idolatry. It's where we we look at ourselves and we go, "I have it right. I'm I'm good." I, I think that my way is the best, and therefore we hang as a tribe and, and then and then everybody else seems to be an outsider. We do that with the church, we do that with business, we do that with with um, your friends you have and, and it 's basically you 're going, I worship the identity and the people that i 'm with, whether you do that consciously or unconsciously it 's an identity idolatry that elevates yourself over others and We idolize our tribe, our nation, our race, our class, our generation, subculture grouping of people, same gender, marital status, and then we demonize anybody that's not like us and explains why what I call the isms of our world, nationalism, racism, classism, sexism, ageism. And this explains why most religions and spiritualities are tribal and their God is either for them or against people unlike them. And so their enemies have the same, though, identity, the same idolatry, but a different deity. But the world, though, this is, this is huge. The world changed following the resurrection of Jesus, which is what we're getting ready to celebrate coming up. The world changed. And though historically God's people and, and this, is, this is something that we need to continually wrap our minds around and think about. Is historically, God's people were the Israelite Jews, starting with Abraham. And do you know why God designated the Jews his people? Why he took Abraham and designated the Jews his people? He did it so in order that they would be a blessing to the world. He wanted to bless the world. He wanted the world to see his love, his compassion, his kindness, his otherness. He wanted to give the alternative. He wanted them, the world, to see a glimpse of heaven on earth. Genesis twelve three is Abraham. He uses Abraham, and it's it's uh, his faith was what ultimately. Catapulted him into this blessing from God, and in Genesis twelve three it says, "All the families of the earth will be blessed through you, Abraham." And then, and then, verse four of seven, uh, Genesis seventeen, this is my covenant with you: I will make you a father of mul- of multitude of nations. And so, this is this is what what at, at the time in Genesis chapter seventeen, and I'm going to go back to Genesis fifteen in just a little bit. What everything is pointing to is reconciliation, a reconciled race. One tribe, one nation, one people in relationship with a loving, gracious, kind God. Not only did Moses marry an Ethiopian woman, he also led people out of slavery into Egypt to worship the God of the Bible, and they were mixed, man. They had all kinds of different people outside of the Jewish community. And when the temple was open, David's son Solomon uttered this spirit-inspired prayer. And I love, I love, love, love this prayer. I've taught on this. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 41 through 43, and this is at the dedication of the temple. Solomon gives this prophetic word. In the future, foreigners who do not belong to your people, Israel, will hear of you. They will come from distant lands, ...because of your name. For they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and your powerful arm. And when they pray toward this temple, then God, hear from heaven where you live and grant what they ask of you. In this way, all the people of the earth will come to know and fear you, just as your own people, Israel, do. They, too, will know that this temple I have built honors your name. You see, God's plan through the Jews was what? That the Jews would become one Jew in Jesus. One Jew in Jesus. And Christ, who would reconcile people to God in one another, was, was what God set in motion. And though Jesus, you know, we know Jesus was Jewish, and we know the apostles and the disciples were Jewish, but then what happened in, in when Jesus came, and afterwards, and after he ascended to heaven, and the Holy Spirit came, there was what? Us, Gentiles, that began to convert, and people were going, oh, whoa, wow, there's Christianity. I mean, large numbers, thousands of people giving their life to Jesus, and questions began to uh, arise, like whether Gentiles could just, you know, be Christians, or if they had to, like, fully convert to Judaism, you know, and do what? observe their diets their new holidays all of those things did they need to be circumcised Woo. it's like what and so galatians talks about that and focuses predominantly on these out exterior things to ultimately going no it's a heart issue galatians speaks to that it's a great great resource great book of the bible that paul wrote for us but by the time paul writes ephesians these debates are pretty much resolved, but not really. So, rather than addressing the issue of racial and cultural reconciliation in a gospel-centered way as Paul did, the Ephesians and some Christian leaders instead promoted segregation. Do you know the most segregated time in the week is Sunday? across the world so when i go to churches that are that that are black and they're they're black then you go to church that's white and you go to a church that's hispanic and you go to a church that's indian and and i understand there's cultural and language there's language barriers but do you know that that is not the heart of god for us do you know that it is actually a people that together will understand, learn to understand each other, our, their ways, their, the way that they work and function and live and all of that. And, and, and even in, 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 mo- most of us would go, well, it's inconvenient. It's not, man, I don't like the what they eat. I don't like the way they worship and sing. I don't even like how they preach the word. And then we separate ourselves. And that was never God's intended best for the local church. So in my heart, and what God has birthed in me years ago, is that we would be a church of people that would be diverse. Diverse. Now, I don't know how we're going to get there. <laughs> I don't. But I think we have to get there. I think that, that literally the church of Jesus Christ should represent Revelation 7. Let's, let's look at that. Revelation 7. Seven, nine, through ten, says, but one day, the local churches we know it will be replaced by the kingdom of God, and the picture of worship. No, let me, let me, let me do this. Let me read Revelation seven, nine, through ten. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation, tribe, and people, and language, standing in front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands and they were shouting with a great roar salvation comes from our god who sits on the throne and from the lamb that is the picture of the new testament what the church should be and since all the people regardless of their differences and preferences will be to I've thought about that since we're all going to be together forever in heaven anyway we should get it right here We should make it a point in our life to grow to understand other cultures. And why does this matter? Because if the church can't get it right, if the Christian whose identity is one of reconciliation in God through Jesus Christ, then how is the world going to stop rioting in the streets? How is the world going to bring together other races and go, we're together, and we're not going to live this way. We're not going to hate and spew venom and do these things. And they see a people, people that are called what, Christians, that are going, That's not acceptable. Oh, but but even though but you go with political politically, they they, their viewpoints are different than mine, and their viewpoints are different than mine. Therefore, I, I can't I can't do any life with them because of their political differences. That was meant to die in the reconciliation that you experienced. Through Christ Jesus, when you were reconciled to God through Christ, the idea of this politicizing and/or this race separation was meant to have died of what Jesus did on the cross, through what Jesus did on the cross. Period. And the church is meant to represent that reconciliation. It's your identity. It's who you are. And it's what you do. You reconcile people. You bring them in and you introduce them to Jesus. And you introduce them to their heavenly father. Now, God used an unlikely individual in this man named Abraham. And we know that he was human and that he uh, made some mistakes, right? Right? He was promised by God that he would be the father of many nations and, and that the world would be blessed through him and things weren't going the way that, he, you know, him and Sarah had supposed that they were going to go. And so he decides to sleep with his maid servant Hagar, and births a nation. And we know them as Muslim world. And then he, you know, has a son... Ishmael and all of that you know and then and then Sarah and you've got Isaac and God gave look in Galatians 3:16 God gave the promise to Abraham and his child and notice that scripture doesn't say here in fact doesn't say to his descendants it says his child this is this is big often people say well the blessing also came through Ishmael or the blessing came through Isaac and so forth and it did but it came through One seed, not many descendants. In fact, let's let's Scripture explain it. Genesis, or Galatians 3, 8 through 9. What's more, the Scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing of Abraham, Abraham received by his faith. And then, then, Genesis, if you go back to Genesis chapter 15, this is foundational to lead into the New Testament. It is is what the New Testament is built upon. Genesis 15, verse six. And Abraham believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. And we know that that faith led to the birth of who? This singular seed, Christ Jesus who came and reconciled God and us, changed everything. Jesus sacrificed his own life on the cross and the shedding of blood. So we are now, identity, reconciled in Christ. And if you you truly, deeply, and continually believe even a fraction of Ephesians chapter 2, what the Spirit is saying in Ephesians 2, through Paul I don't think you'll ever see yourself the same way again literally if you read that and you process that you'll never see the same way again and neither in my mind will you doubt the love of God God's love for you after comparing who you were apart from Christ who were you apart from Christ apart from Christ so here's God here's you know Jesus where's your life Online, what would your life look like? Apart from Christ, you are further, farther from God than you feared. And in Christ, I believe, in Christ reconciled, you are nearer to God than you ever hoped. Through faith and the truth about who God is and who he's made you to be, you're reconciled to God in Christ. So, Paul Paul writes... That in Christ, there is a new man. This entirely new group. This identity makes up this grouping of people. Uh, again, various Bible scholars will say it's a third race. New humanity, new race. Group of Christians making up the church of Jesus Christ. Think about this. This is, this is big. And this is kingdom. In Christ, an old suburban Jewish Christian woman is closer to a young, urban, black man than she is to her unbelieving Jewish father because the woman and the young man are, in fact, a new man. Do you get that? That literally, why is it that I could travel to places in the world and meet people that I've never met before and all of a sudden I embrace a brother or sister in the Lord and I feel closer to that brother or sister than I do to a family member that has rejected Christ and who chooses to exempt himself from relationship with God. There's a closeness because of what Jesus did for us, right? Because we are reconciled to God, then what happens is we are reconciled to each other. And that's how we should relate to one another. changes how we should relate to one another. So I'm going to tie this up. Not to not miss the magnitude of your identity in Christ and how it supersedes our idolatry of tribe. And I I don't think there's anybody in here that doesn't have probably tribe idolatry, just being honest with you. We all wrestle with it, right? We want to hang with people that look like us, you know, think like us, live like us, we, we, we don't like to be uncomfortable, do we? We don't. But let me give you the magnitude of how, of how the Jewish people saw life before Christ. The Jew had an immense contempt for the Gentile. The Gentiles said the Jews were created by God to be fuel for the fires of hell. God... They said, loves only Israel of all the nations that he had made. It's not even lawful to render help to a Gentile mother in her hour of sorest need, for that would imply simply to bring another Gentile into the world. Until Christ came, the Gentiles were an object of contempt to the Jews, the barrier between them was absolute. If a Jewish boy married a Gentile girl, or if a Jewish girl married a Gentile boy, the funeral of that Jewish boy or girl was carried out. Such contact with a Gentile was the equivalent of death. (laughs) Wow. But in Christ, but in Christ... But in Christ, such thinking was nailed to the cross. Ushering in a new social structure modeled by the church because of the reconciling power of Jesus Christ. And I think our reconciliation should distinguish us. This is big kingdom stuff. And so I'm wondering, I'm wondering, I'm going to stop there. I'm wondering what reconciliation do you think needs to happen in the church of Jesus Christ? I'm curious. Online, what reconciliation? And I'm curious what you would think here. And I'm going to just open it for a moment. What reconciliation do you think needs to take place in our culture and even in the church culture? And then we're going to pray about it. generational ah yeah yeah generational reconciliation where we go ah that's how they think and that's how they do things and I'm not going to be a part of that and they're you know each one looking at each other and therefore separating themselves generation reconciliation what else denomination well there, yeah, we have how many churches that are just next to each other, in in, 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 in Greater Austin area alone, and, and literally, and people are okay with that. And are you going? Well, are all the are we all sinful? No, no. Are we, I'm not saying, and I'm not bashing the churches today. But I think those those things in Christ Jesus, those those uh, the the separation that exists between churches is of the enemy. And I think the enemy knows that a unified united church would destroy his work denomination what else what other things need to be reconciled in the church or even outside political, Polit- political. yeah yeah we have we have these we have parties that are constantly fighting 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 and here's the thing and and the church also is coming in in fighting 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 i know it's a hot button and i know that there's i mean i churches could split overnight if you said well i'm this party and i'm this party," and so forth but in christ jesus (laughs) there's really only one party anything else anybody else Bow your heads. Close your eyes. Here's the take home this week. I encourage each of you this week to pray once a day and contend for the unity, contend for the unity of the body of Christ. Pray for unity in the body of Christ. And so Lord Jesus, right now in your mighty name, we thank you that we have been given new identity, an identity of reconciliation, an identity that no longer separates us, God, from you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace and mercy over our lives. And Lord Jesus, that reconciliation to God wasn't just, wasn't just vertical. It was horizontal as well. And Lord God, the world will see and desire, huh, The love that the church has when the church gets it right and models for the world this reconciliation of how we were separated, living in darkness, in sin, and because of what Jesus did, we've been forgiven. And then, out of that grace and pardon, we love one another. Oh God, would you tear down the barriers of denominationalism? God, would you tear down the barriers that breed generational gaps and, and, and cause all kinds of funk and dissension? God, would you would you break the that's the, it, it, infiltrated in the church political politicizing stuff where we forget where we came from and what the message is? Oh God would you help us as the church understand our identity is one of reconciliation and lord like the song i sang growing up how you love the little children red yellow black and white they are precious in your sight i pray father that you will unite the church going forward and i pray god that new hope 365 and the in the Years to come will be one of ethnic diversity where we love regardless of even differences. Oh God, and help the church to look like, help the church in in North America and around the world look like the revelation around the throne of every tribe and nation and singing and worshiping. You, God, help us because we can't do it on our own. Thank you, God. With all heads bowed, nice closed, and if you're here today and you don't know Jesus and you would love to experience save the saving grace of God, you can pray and invite him in today as your Lord and Savior. And you too will be reconciled to God, forgiven of your sins, and new journey begins for you. I pray that over you. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen.